0: Well, our wonderful friend Rabbi Kenny Brander is with us live via telephone. He, of course, is the president of Artura Stone. He's the Rosh Hashiva at Artura Stone in Israel. The work they're doing is amazing, and you can imagine he is one of many leaders in our community who is paying special attention to what's happening next Shabbat, meaning preparing for the high holidays with all the uncertainty and restrictions. And for those of us here in the New York area, we know what our restrictions are, and everyone's preparing accordingly. And our leaders are trying to do the smartest thing possible with the COVID-19 situation. In Israel, in a lot of cases, it's uh, even more difficult to navigate all this. And there's a lot of uncertainty, literally, that's still going on a week before Yontif. So the, um, the leaders in Israel have, uh, in, in some ways, have an even tougher situation as we get closer and closer to the
1: brand new year.
0: Rabbi Brander, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you, Nachum, and uh, may I just wish you and the Wallach family a very special Mazel Tov. Uh, can't think of two families more appropriate to unite together as one.
0: Much appreciated, very, very much appreciated. And yes, we've we've gotten the we've gotten even closer over the last couple of weeks. And Baruch Hashem, you're 100 percent right. Hashem. Our families, thank God. Um, have been uh, have been through this process uh, almost flawlessly. And uh, Baruch Hashem, it's been a tremendous bracha. And now that Sheva Brachas has come to an end as of last night, we wish a mazel tov to Lizzie and Yosef, and they should continue to have an amazing life together. Uh, Rabbi Brander, mm-hmm. y- you know, I mean, it's no secret, you know that our poskim, our halachic decisors on this side of the ocean, and our rabbis and leaders have been spending a lot of time thinking about what the high holidays should be and how people should be acting uh, for the upcoming Yantif because, obviously, we try to take all the restrictions and safeguards as responsibly as possible, and at the same time, we want to be in shul. We want to be, you know, and have as close to a normal service as possible. Uh, The impression we get on this side of the world is that your job over there is even tougher because it seems that there's more uncertainty and, unfortunately, a big spike in israel and i don't think anybody really knows And you'll know, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think anybody really knows until almost the last minute what the government might or might not say about what's going to be happening next weekend next shabbat on rosh hashanah is that an accurate portrayal
1: yes i think it's an accurate portrayal and and what i've been trying to do uh, at least with uh one one hat that i have the privilege of wearing and that is, we have, uh, as you know, 277 shlichim wow. you know, emissaries, rabbinic couples all over the world. And uh, several months ago, uh, incorporation and, and, and benefiting from the sock of so many great gedolim, both uh, you know, in Israel and outside of Israel, personalities like Rav Asher Weiss and Rav Herschel Shlita. Um, we put together a few months ago's protocols Uh, both what I would call experiential and programmatic protocols for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot for all our 277 shlichim, as well as halachic protocols, from how to blow the shofar to the fact, well, if you can only have a halachic service for two and a half hours, what are the priorities? If you can only have a halachic service for an hour and a half, if you only have one chazan, and because you can only have a certain amount of people uh, in the location together, both inside or outside, and the Chazan needs to lead five services in Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. How early can he start? Uh, what parts can he repeat? And uh, all different permutations. Wow. And uh, we put together the materials months ago, and then last week we released a Magzer which is a condensed Magzer Based again on post SCIM, as well as what the Army, what what our students in the Army need to do when they are also on the front lines, which we have 550 as you and I speak right now. Um, And we put together uh, a magzer like that, which has gone, you know, we haven't published it or anything like that because it's, please God, only for this year. We put it online and Rabbanam all over the world. are are thinking about how to use it. We we've heard from shuls all over the world that they're they they are going to use it. Um, and it's our way of both helping the communities that we feel we have a responsibility for, particularly the two hundred and seventy seven of our students in Barron and Strauss Amiel programs, as well as all Jews that might want to look to us for, for some leadership. Um, and I know that uh, I just got an email from a shul in Riverdale saying that they're using it. Wow! And I know multiple shuls in, you know, around the world, in Australia and South Africa, in Europe, in the United States, in Yerushalayim, that have decided to use this. It's not a one-size-fits-all. People want to use it, they can go onto our site, OTS.org.il, OTS.org.il, and, and download it. Regarding what's going on, particularly in Israel, listen, the numbers have have spiked, thank God. The plus is that I think people are starting to take this seriously again. Wow. Um, you know, we have a child in high school, um, um, and he, he, there was one kid that had corona, then it was two or three, and therefore the whole class is now learn, learning on Zoom, but all of the children are in their own rooms in quarantine until they all get their tests back you know they're their corona tests but that's north of 80 kids man right, you're, um, and you're and you're describing
0: and then, youngsters who live in israel you also have a responsibility yes. to a lot of people from abroad
1: yeah thank god the the kids abroad are uh thank god they're all corona free at least the ones in midrash at Lindenbaum, thank god are all corona free they've been in what's called capsules and that's true for all the schools all the schools one of the modern miracles was that, and it's thanks to a lot of special people, that all of the schools, from the most ultra-religious Zionist to the most ultra-Haredi, they all work together uh, on how to create protocols and to represent all of the foreign students coming in to the government. So whatever, wherever you are on the spectrum, whether you sing Hatikva three times during davening, or would never allow such words to walk into your Beit Midrash. Um, everyone worked together on this. It's mamish, uh, a messianic moment. And, and, those um, of, and those
0: of us who wonder about it, whether across the board all groups are, are adhering to the rules, the reality in Israel is that everyone's really being supervised in those type of settings pretty heavily, correct?
1: You know, listen, I, I haven't, there's, There's thousands of kids in this. I haven't checked everyone, but I can tell you that in our schools, you know, the police have come multiple times to check, and I assume we're no different than everybody else. Right. Um, Our our Israeli kids, for example, and we have uh, close to 5,000 of those, thank God in most of the schools we've been corona-free, but the Israeli women in one of the midrash at Lindenbaum schools, we have three midrash at Lindenbaum schools, well, the rule is that the, the Israelis can be in what's called capsules in groups of fifty. We actually uh, were stricter than the government. We put them in groups of only twenty-five, mm-hmm. and in a few different capsules last week, a few kids weren't feeling well. I mean, they're all doing fine, but they weren't feeling well, so we made them all get we made them get corona tests. Two or three of the uh, young women felt uh, not well. The Israelis, and we sent. 150 of those students. The whole the whole Israeli school system of that of that of that particular branch, the Jerusalem branch, we sent them all home, and we just continued uh, to teach online. They have full classes from eight o'clock in the morning till eight nine o'clock at night on Zoom. Because first of all, we don't want them to lose Rosh Hashanah, right. and second of all, we didn't want because we're new at this and. Mm-hmm. You've gotten tremendous compliments from uh Ms. Radha Priyut, from the Health Ministry for being uh, way more aggressive than they require, but I think everybody is pretty much taking this a little bit more seriously and please God uh we'll uh, the numbers will start to go down
0: byebye right, dr. Kenny Brander's with us our Torah Stone president in Russia Shiva speaking to us from our Torah Stone in Israel all right there are a couple I and mean, we'll get to chauffeur in the park and some of the other initiatives specifically for this Rosh Hashanah, but I, let me let me ask you this. I mean, I'm sure others are curious who are listening, not just me. When you say abridged Mahser, could you give me a good example from the abridged Mahser of what was, in fact, abridged? Like, could you give us an example of what was done or eliminated or suggested that would give us an idea of the direction you went with in terms of the abridged Mahser?
1: So, for example, Rabbi Salvo never never uh, really said many piyutim in the Musaf. He only had one, so we kept in the one that he always said, plus one more. Tokas. What was the What was one he always said? Ochez mishpat. That's the one he always said. Interesting. You know, the the mamimim one. Right. V'chol So you know, based on also the fact that Reb Sheftner wrote that you could take out those other piyutim. Right. So we took out we took out those other piyutim. We kept in Unasanatokas. Not. Because there's a halachic requirement, uh, but Unasanitokef is Unasanitokef. Right. Um, but we put un-a-san-a-tokef and that piyut of Oches Biav Mishpat in a a shaded color because it's not halachic required that one do it. So right. depending on where you are, you decide whether you want to do it or not. Uh, there aren't there aren't long mishabeyrachs for the people who get aliyahs. It's like mishbeirach, you know, it's the, it's, it's the Mishabarach that you say on Simchas Torah. Wow. That, you know, because Mishabarach can take 15, 20 minutes. That's for sure. Um, so instead of Mishabarach taking 15, 20 minutes, this Mishabarach says, you know, Mishabarach, who yivarech Avot, who yivarech the call it a day. And God knows who we're talking about here. We don't need to make this longer. In certain places, in certain communities, they won't be able to say a complete repetition of both the shachris. The shachris and Musaf Amidah, because they can't have such a long service. Right. So we we, we show them how halachically it is permitted to have a in bishasat when there's a serious serious issue of too much um, issues of people being coro- uh, you know people having corona and it being hot outside like there's some communities that you, you it's seventy four degrees by you. But you know, it's going to be. eighty it, it, it was are, 100 degrees last right. Shabbos in in Yerushalayim. It's the mid 90s so, right now where you are, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, but the, my point is, and Yerushalayim is cooler than right. other areas. Right. Um, so you know, it's so we did so we did things of that nature. Um, so you cut out you cut out piyutim, you cut out 45 minutes of davening. So piyutim, but there's a difference between cu- cutting out piyutim which we don't want to cut out because it represents the taste, the tapestry, right. the color, the uniqueness, of, the uniqueness
0: of, of, of the high holidays.
1: Uniqueness. Right? right. But there are pieces of the Chagim that you must say the the right. whole the whole garment, the whole real Esrei, for lack of a better term, right. the the guts of the shmonesri that we didn't that we didn't take. Avinu Malkenu doesn't need to be said as a community. It can be said at home after davening. Right. The David Hashemori can be said after davening. Right. You know, so those pieces we put in when i you know, in a shaded thing, depending on what your time constraints are, based on the medical and halachic guidance that you have been given. Um, so things of that nature. The intros to Tia Shofar. Tia Shofar is critical. It's the. It's the heart. It's the. It's the obligation of the day. But, Lama but saying Lama say of right. Nekorah seven times right. is not a uh, requirement of the day. It's, mis- it's mentioned in the that it should be said on Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't say seven times. Right. Um, and it's a beautiful and important prayer. But if it needs to be not said, because we're concerned about the most important thing, V'chai bahem, we have to live by the commandments, so Please, God, next year, because of things of this nature, we will have uh, all congregants having the capacity to say it fully because they're healthy, because we were concerned about their health, which is the most important uh, guiding principle that halacha reminds us of.
0: You know, it's funny because obviously in Jewish history, things like this have happened before. In fact, again, some of the people you mentioned in this conversation who you're leaning on for advice you know, have studied what happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago during other epidemics and how great, great terror giants poskens. And obviously, obviously, people are those in those the people in those positions obviously have some concern about the attitude that some people might have when you start eliminating things in Tfila. But frankly, Rabbi Brander, I believe the way our community works communally, I believe we will enthusiastically reinsert those pieces in future years, and I don't think there's a real fear that we're making these changes permanently, as some right. people have suggested. I think we will enthusiastically, just like those of us who've had the privilege of running back to shul have run back and have come early and stayed late. I think we as a community will enthusiastically reintroduce everything back into our service.
1: I, I think that's, not I think that's a correct and important point. I just want to make it clear. It's not that we sent this magzor, this magzor over to... Idole Torah for their approval. We called from many different sources, right. including some of the people they mentioned. Right. But at the foot, at, at as a footer of each line of the magzor, it says halachically condensed Magzer for this Rosh Hashanah only, right. uh, for five seven eight one right. only Tavshin Pealas, and, alif. and right. also that's why we wouldn't print it. There were there were newspapers in Israel that wanted to print this Magzer and we said no we don't want we don't want that right. we want to give people a link if they want to use it but all of a sudden you know next year when somebody says you know hey listen you know i i just want a you know a shortcut that's right. not the goal of this the goal of this is to save lives let that's me, the uh, only goal
0: let me give the address one more time it's a wonderful service for the community uh brought to you by Artura Stone it's ots.org.il/machzor dot org Dot il slash machser. Check it out; you'll be glad you did. Now you mentioned the kiyah chauffeur. Obviously, we're concerned about it this year. It, it's one day; it's Sunday; it's the second day of Yom Tov that we would uh, that we will be pl- please God blowing the chauffeur. Now there is a concept or an initiative uh, called chauffeur in the park. I think we've had a similar thing on this side of the world. What happens in Israel under your leadership uh, with the chauffeur in the park uh, situation?
1: A program that we have in which we interact with close to 400,000 uh, Israelis of the general population over the course of a year through the Matnasim, the Jewish Community Centers, is about creating a chauffeur blowing in the parks. This year we will be in 250 locations. We work with uh, Sohar uh, because we need to find multiple chauffeur blowers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we expect, uh, especially this year, the, normally we hit are we, around 40,000 people that come to the parks for chauffeur blowing. We're going to have multiple chauffeur blowings throughout in the park because we can only have a certain amount in each uh, set of uh, chauffeur blasts because of the uh, Han Chayot, the protocols from the uh, Ministry of Health. Right. But we want it to be a spiritual happening, with songs and blessings for the children. We want there to be, there will be many who will be afraid to go to synagogues. And right. therefore, the shofar of a park experience is not just to fulfill the biblical mandate of blowing the shofar, it's really to create a spiritual happening with songs, blessings, and it's a Jewish happening, so there'll be candy for the children. Um, you know for all the you know for the population the population is searching for this and we're going to do that also for Yom Kippur we've created a family driven monster we are going to have uh, you know uh, holiday experiences in the parks um, using the parks um, as a safe place for people to gather in a distant fashion that allows people who are desperately looking for the spiritual touch of the Chagim to be able to connect with them. You know,
0: I've said similar statements um, in the past about a topic like this, especially as I remember my father's analysis of the relationship between Orthodox and non-Orthodox Jews in Israel. Uh, People don't realize, and I know that this is a general statement and there are exceptions, so I, I get that, but a lot of people don't realize that 100 years ago in Palestine, 80 years ago in Palestine, 60 years ago in Israel, th- this would not have been happening. There was so much resentment, unfortunately, generally speaking, between the communities. Uh, again, we think today there is, and there are issues, obviously, between the communities. But thank God, thank God, programs like this can now be led by an orthodox institution, and and people in the hundreds of thousands will enthusiastically attend, searching for that spirit of the holiday that you described. And I think it's such a significant thing to keep in mind that we are, thank God, people don't realize because we sometimes emphasize the divisions, we are so much more united now, especially in the Holy Land. And the fact that this program in 2020 can take place and you could attract people from north, south, east to west to come to all those locations and and feel part of the holiday is just remarkable.
1: Well, your father produced children. Your father, a blessed memory, produced children who understood his vision. And I think that vision is clearly, clearly um, ensconced in what we're doing. It's done without what we call kfiyat, without type of missionizing or hadata or right. some type of. Um, you know, Nachum, I've become a lingual. My Hebrew isn't perfect and I'm losing my English. So i I'm now in an a lingual state in my aliyah the Are you
0: thinking in Hebrew or are you thinking in English still? I'm thinking
1: in Hebrew. I'm thinking in Hebrew. <laughs> oh, so I have to you know, I use these words and I say, Oh, what does it mean in English? I'm speaking to Nahum. You know, it's not any form of missionizing or anything else like that. The goal is not to make them orthodox, but it's to give them an opening because I think you're right, Necham, you know, you have Kabbalat Shabbat services. You can have them, whether it's in uh, First Station, Tachanah Jerusalem, or on the pier in Tel Aviv. And you can have, like, hundreds of people come and simply and simply want to connect. You can have a Tanakh study group, uh, 929 or other places, where people just want want to learn. Yeah. Um, there are Bateh Midrashot that are opening up for secular, for lack of a better term, or Jews who are not formally engaged with all the practices. Um, but there, is, there is an interest now. And we have to figure out a way to um, feed that interest without uh, coming off um, in a missionizing fashion. And that's the uh-huh. difference between outreach in Israel and outreach in America, because outreach in Israel has the background that you mentioned, and therefore you have to be sensitive to that. Whereas outreach in America never had that background, and therefore you can be... Even perhaps even a little bit more overtly. Uh, I don't want to say aggressive,
0: you know. but uh, but we yeah, can right whatever.
1: A l- a l- Everyone can fill in their own word.
0: Um, I-, I have so much to speak to you on this topic. I will save it till we please God or face to face okay. in the Holy Land that we get an opportunity to do All this. Right. I-, I don't know when that's going to happen, right? But I hope in five seven eight one we really are reunited on the air yeah. in Israel.
1: I hope. I or, Nachum, you know, we've had a, you know, since the last time I've uh, had the privilege of being in your studios, we've had a a grandson in Israel and wow. a granddaughter in America, and oh. I haven't hugged the granddaughter in America yet, so oh. when I can come, oh. I'm going to be coming to uh, Connecticut. <laughs> yes, um, that'll be your first so, stop. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll
0: be we'll be your second stop. That'll be your it'll first be stop. You'll be your second stop.
1: Uh, but, uh, but that will be my first stop. What so, is, you, uh, know, please, you know, guys will connect either in Israel or in
0: you know before before we end this conversation and i know you have to go but l- just give me a minute on on what you're thinking as you hear this news of how many jews in north america are now applying to move to Israel. It it must be I mean I'm sure there's a, a a little bit of disbelief, you know, all of us didn't realize that that there would be this type of explosion in the interest in aliyah. But how do you feel? How do you feel now, you know, a year or two after you made the move and knowing what you know how North American Jews think, you know, you know what we're in in, in, in and, and how our lives are. What do you think as you hear about these record numbers?
1: You know, I'm I'm um, it really depends on the moment. So think if you ask me this at a different time I might give a different answer. But I'm actually somewhere in between. On the one hand, listen, I grew up in a, in North America. Um I'm not I'm not the type of person who believes in missionizing people to make Aliyah. I'm not going to say, you know, you should come because we'll leave the I do say sometimes to my siblings, we'll leave the light on for you, you know, when there's an issue. But right. the bottom line is I think I think we have to make sure that there's a rich uh jewish experience in north america and obviously the center of the jewish world is Medina yisrael so any family that wants to come to israel should come should understand that it's not a walk in the park but the the long-term benefits for your children are, are amazing um but also I'm so privileged to have friends like you and others who are truly leaders of the Jewish community, formal and experiential leaders, and they make a major difference. And they should be—their um, their portion in the world to come is, in my opinion, uh, despite the Gemara Ketubot and others, because there are other Gemaras, right. I think their 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 place in the world to come is guaranteed also. So I think that we need to have a strong North American jury, and I think that's the way the M- Minister of the Diaspora Affairs and others looks at it. And I think we also have to have, you know, to strengthen and grow the Jewish population in Israel. Growing the Jewish population in the north and the Golan and the Galil, solves a lot of dem- demographic issues. Growing the Jewish population in in uh, Be'er she- in you know, in Beersheba, or in the south, you know solves a lot of demographic issues. Jews are needed in both places. You have to decide you know, where you, f- you feel you're going to live a more inspired life, mm. but we have to live inspired lives, and that's what the chauffeur is all about. It's reminding us to break the barriers, not just between God and ourselves, but to break the barriers between our true essence and sometimes the the routine that we find ourselves in
0: love that please
1: god we'll all find that place
0: love that perspective very much appreciate that but one thing you can say is you know the feeling of exhilaration that you're that 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 that, it's
1: unbelievable i don't i don't want to listen you've walked down the street nothing i i I live a 40 minute walk from harabayat wow i live a 40 minute walk from harabayat from my From my porch, I can see the walls of the Old City. From my porch, I can see the walls of the Old City. That never gets old. That just doesn't get old. The Tfilot Tfilot and the prophecies of the Tfilot, especially of the Haftorot of the past seven weeks, um, they, they are part of my daily life. They're no longer esoteric, ethereal concepts. I meet people looking to connect to Judaism. I meet non-Jews recognizing the the centrality of Judaism. I, I see the streets of Jerusalem being filled, even in the times of Corona. I see what the prophets speak about happening, the dry bones. I see them rising in front of my eyes. It never gets old. But I don't think we do anybody a service by guilting people coming here. I think people should come here because it's just the place for Jews to live.
0: You have inspired us, right, Brander? Uh, The abridged Machsor, everybody. OTS.org.il slash Machsor. OTS.org.il slash Machsor. I'm repeating it because on our app, a bunch of people are asking us exactly how to access it. I take this opportunity, right, Brander, to wish you a very happy Healthy 5781, Shana Tava, And yes, let us please reunite soon, hopefully in the Holy Land during the year. Tafshin Payalev.
1: Amen. Kasiva Vechlimatova to you and to all of your
0: listeners. <inaudible> Tadarabah, you <inaudible> Rabbi Kenneth Brander, Rosh Hashiva, or Torah Stone. Unbelievable conversation. How inspiring. 10 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.